0: Wired access. Fly, fly. Yeah. The wired access. We'll do it live. Do it live. The Minnesota Twins select Cade Kovich, a left-handed pitcher from the University of Nebraska, Lincoln. The wired access.
1: We'll do it live! Thank you for joining. This is Wired Access. Uh, where we are here to give the story of multiple athletes, multiple um, advisories, just different people to give their side of the story that is a little more in-depth uh, who was drafted in 2021 in the third round as the 98th pick. Kate hovich how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing?
1: Well, uh, the weather up here compared to where you're training—oh, no kidding, Florida, right? (laughs) Night and day difference. Um, (laughs) We went from yesterday. I was walking around in a hoodie Mm -hmm. at 64 degrees, and then today I'm sitting there with uh, two hats on just so I can still do my walking. But it's all good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. I'm sitting outside right now in a chair in 83 degree weather at night. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're we're feeling sorry for him right now.
1: (laughs) Feeling sorry. You know, Kate, my biggest thing that I like to bring out of the interview is just, you know, there's a lot of story that goes along with someone to make it to not only just the next level of going from, let's just say your eighth grade year to into high school. So even going from, you know, your select baseball up to high school. But then when you go from high school to a route that I could tell you right now a lot of people might not even know that you did when you went to community college and then go up further than that. So if one thing we could start out with is you obviously were an Omaha Tiger. What did that teach you early in, in the in the game of baseball?
2: Yeah, I mean, that time is kind of when I first realized I was kind of falling in love with the sport and that um, it was something that if I was... Um, able to kind of put the work in and and get better at it It was something I wanted to do for a long time. And, um, you know, that's kind of around the time when you start figuring out uh, guys that you kind of model yourself after, Uh, obviously being from Omaha, the C O U S is a big thing and uh, it was something um, my family and I always went to and, um, you know, watching that, it's like a dream coming right in front of you that almost like, thinking throughout throughout my head was like dang I mean I, I really want to be a part of this I like imagine someone like me uh being out there watching um watching myself in in, in my hometown and um and maybe even one day in a, in a big league stadium you know I've been to Kansas City uh plenty of times to watch games down there and and seeing guys like Derek Jeter and LA to to see Clayton Kershaw and and Bryce Harper. And, um, you know, it's kind of like a a childhood dream to be a, a guy one day that kids look up to just like you did when you were younger.
1: Well, and one thing that I do have with us is I do have the owner of wired training here and I, and I want to bring someone on that knows kind of the side that you went through where, he works with a lot of the younger to kind of get them molded and then obviously helping them get to that next level. So, Brian, if you could speak a little bit on the younger age. So, let's just start before even high school and a little bit of what, you know, Cade was talking about. Like, you see these kids come in with the eyes bright-eyed, bushy-tailed type going, (laughs) I know what I want, but do they really know what Cade
0: has done to put in to get where he is? I'm ready to play ball, but are they (laughs) ready to play ball?
3: Man, um... No, I mean, you really feel like <laughs> if you compare what Cade has done, you know, and and I I've only known Cade for a couple of years. So, okay. kind of after COVID is uh when when we connected and they didn't have the spring season, he came and and hung out with us a little bit and we had a pretty good group with like him and and Trey and everything, but no, I mean, the the work that these guys put in, it's unbelievable. You get a lot of people that come here and say, "Hey, like I want to play Division 1 baseball," you know, and um, or I want to play college baseball, professional baseball, but you don't get too many people like Cade Povich.
1: And when he says something like that, Cade, so just even, the, like he said, was that your first thing you came in to even just the Omaha, were you like, I gotta be Division One, or did you know the route that you might have to take and you ended up taking?
2: I kind of always took it as, uh, not really, I mean, in, my, in the back of my mind is, you know, I wanted to go D1, I wanted to play professional baseball someday I want to play in the MLB but I think the the most important was part was you know I'm playing flex ball you know the next step's high school you know I want to play high school ball and then uh I think my my first year I was on reserve or freshman and then it was you know I want to play JV ball and then after that it's varsity and then once it gets to that point where you're on varsity getting in senior year kind of area it's you know I want to play at college at the next level whether um You know, that's junior college uh, to start or or D1. And it's kind of, you have the goals you want to hit, but it was looking at the steps I had to take first.
3: Well, and and you had a pretty interesting path, you know, I mean, because let's be honest, Cade, when you were a senior in high school, I'm pretty sure you still looked like you were 12 years old. (laughs) Do you (laughs) agree with
2: that? very safe to say. Yeah. So I was in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, you
3: know, you you were a, a, a pretty late bloomer um out of that. And and you know, you had what, like maybe one or a couple like, you know, smaller division one offers out of high school, but you really yeah. you really kind of bet on yourself and decided to go the junior college route, which I'm I'm a big fan of. I think, you know, I, I see like half of these kids that go to these division one schools like
1: sit the bench, right? I mean,
3: they're going to sit the bench or they're not even there. Um, You know, someone posts on Twitter. It's like, you know, 70% of people that commit before they're a sophomore in high school, don't even play at that college. Yeah. That they commit really. to. So, you know, to, to go to a division one school and play, you know, that's a pretty tough path. You know, I mean, these sec schools are signing 20, 30 kids a year. And, you know, I mean, they're, they're oversigning. It's, it's a tough path. So, you know, Cade really bet on himself, on himself and going to South Mountain Community College and then ended up, you know, coming to Nebraska as Dream School, being actually the first ever uh, Will Bolt recruit. He was the first kid that he ever wow. signed.
1: Well, um, and it's good that you said the JUCO route. I, I think this is something that, you know, Cade, that you can little expand on. I mean, you went down to Phoenix, which is amazing weather once again. I don't – rough life. No
0: kidding. How do you go from growing up in Nebraska to living in Florida and now Arizona, or rather (laughs) vice versa?
1: You went 10-1, and and you're showing down there with eight complete games and five shutouts with a 1.52 earned run average. Like, was that what you even expected going down to Arizona? I mean, this is your next step from high school. So you just, like he said, left as a 12-year-old boy – to go play with some men.
2: I mean, I knew it was going to be a grind. I kind of heard some stories. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know if I fully uh, grasped what it actually was. Because uh, I mean, it, it's it's a grind. I mean, we didn't. Especially seeing like what all the stuff Nebraska has. I mean, it, it's two completely different. I mean, we didn't. We didn't have a cafe. Uh, we didn't have a locker room. We didn't have a indoor facility with, I mean, we had a weight room that was, I guess, average It was kind of like a, just like a, if you imagine a public um, hotel weight room almost. except so you got honestly, dumbbells are like racks.
1: You got, you got we, one we set, set of dumbbells. <laughs> At least he had a rack. I mean, uh, I wish, <laughs> I wish a hotel had a rack, but I get what you're saying. It's not like when you go to obviously Nebraska. I mean, that that's Nebraska. like, that's not even comparing apples to freaking apples anywhere in the same realm. It's, it's totally opposite. And you're going, but you went through the Juco route and, and, and for those who are trying to get to that next level, how important was that Juco route to you? Well, I
3: I actually want to like back up a little bit. Uh Oh, I like it. So, (laughs) you know, a lot of people, again, like say they want to play college baseball, right? Like Cade, why don't you like tell us what a week in your life looks like in junior college baseball? Like, you know, what you're lifting, That's looks good. Like, what your practice I like that. looks like, um, you know, because a lot of people don't understand like junior colleges don't have restrictions like division one.
2: Okay. Uh, so, no, not at all.
3: Tell us what a week looks like. You know, when you were down there in the fall, you first get on campus, what, you know, what'd your first month look like?
2: Yeah. I mean, fall it was basically, um, I mean, our, our, baseball coach, our head coach, Todd Easton, he was the athletic director too. So he, he made all our schedules, helped us out with all that. Um, so, for the most part, everybody was done with class by 12:30, 12:45. Um, Mondays we would get in 5:30 to to start a 5:45 stretch for six o'clock lift on Mondays. But then that's morning. The now. other days we would lift after that's practice. That's <laughs> a.m. Yeah, a.m. Yep. And then on on the other days, practice would start a, around one. Uh, and then I think we'd start Wait, wrapping that up practice around no no <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 1 p.m. 1 p.m. We'd start practice around 1 p.m. Um, so in time for us to get lunch somewhere, um, and then it would usually run till about six 5:36 uh, and
0: Whoa. days.
2: So not on Monday we would lift afterwards. So we'd get out of there um, around 6:37. So sometimes lift days we get done with the actual practice a little sooner, but yeah, for the most part, it was it was that. And then when it's because fall for JUCO, I mean, you have almost the whole season schedule pretty much. Um, so there's also days sprinkled in there where we have double headers for ball games as well. Oh, so wow. it's it's pretty much base, or school in the morning, baseball after that, and then go to sleep and do everything over again.
1: So there was a statement that was quoted, I I believe, by one of your parents to you when you did make this run. And it says, uh, they told me it's college now. But then in the end, it's still doing the one thing you love. And you just need to go out there and be yourself. Did you you really take that to heart when you went somewhere that you had nowhere, no idea, no realm of what was going to happen down there? Is that kind of something you took with you to go to that next level?
2: Yeah, and, you know, I've kind of had some guys that have gone away from home whether it be juco or or wherever and you know the, the thing i've always like i thought to myself when i was there and, and what i tell them is like i mean you could be that far away hating your life going to school taking classes for a job that you don't want to do like at the same at the same time i mean yeah it's a grind you're not close to home you're, you're not seeing your family but it's just another step towards you know reaching a dream of yours and, um, you're doing, if, if it's really something you love, then you're going to be able to get through it and it's not going to be as difficult as you think it is.
0: Hey Kate, uh, what was, uh, what, what, what made you decide to go that route to go down South instead of maybe stay closer to home? I don't know, maybe with the, uh, Iowa Western Western Reavers. I mean, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm being, no. you're naming a
1: a community college. I mean, people do go that
0: route. I I don't know. I remember that Iowa Western was, was fine in the baseball category uh, years ago. I don't know if that's still the
3: case. They're still fantastic. I mean, they're top program year after year. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: So what made you decide, uh, what made you decide on, uh, on uh, your route?
2: Yeah. Um, well, you know, I had like a few. Uh, I had talked to a few JUCOs um, in the area, um, and you know, I talked to Iowa Western a little bit, and uh, not to like throw them under the bus or, or nothing, but originally <laughs> throw them. to be to, to be honest, like the 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 big reason for them was they didn't think I I was throwing hard enough. You know, at the time I was out of high school, maybe topping eighty six, um, and you know, I I had seen. And South Mountain had reached out to me and I, and I had kind of looked them up and researched them obviously before I went. And, um, you know, they had just got, had a guy drafted. Um, this was when the draft was the full, full amount around. So it wasn't shortened or nothing. Um, they had sent guys to TCU South Carolina, uh, like Texas. So, so it's pretty big name teams as far as baseball goes. Um, and at the time, they were also a top 25 junior college, and you know, I kind of went down on a visit there and, and talked to some of the coaches and um, like their plan and, and their main focus and huge focus was on development and you know pushing you towards teams as well and um, you know I kind of it, obviously it's it's a nice area it's Phoenix it's <laughs> baseball. All year around. Around. I mean, you're not, you're not going to be stuck, stuck inside. Um, so it's a, it's an easy place to train and get better. And, um, yeah. And, and I felt like that was a good place for me to go.
3: And without that opportunity, you would have probably never been able to play baseball in a kilt with a Savannah bananas too. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah.
2: Hold on. yeah. I did hear yeah, about this. True.
0: Hold on. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> traditional kilts, or uh, you know, <laughs>
3: <laughs> why don't you expand on that? you know cause another you know another step in your path. Was. And
1: I like it because no one probably knows like these. Little, I'm going to be honest. You know, the best part about interviews is you try to research, but it's getting deeper in the story when you have one guy like yourself who has heard a little bit yeah, more. Because yeah. when you look up Cade Povich on the internet, it's like not even a page yet because he's very to himself. And I like it. I love that more than anything. But, yeah, like you said, go ahead and explain that little – what is it called? Bananas? Savannah Bananas. I Savannah
3: mean, Bananas, you, you yeah. you got to follow them on Twitter if you don't. I mean, they do a phenomenal job, like, marketing their program and creating a, a fun environment. for Okay. Players. I mean, they literally – it's it's called summer baseball, and they sell out about every game, right, Cade?
2: Yeah, yeah. They sell out a lot. That's
3: crazy. It, it's pretty cool. That, and that's about the time that I got to know Cade and everything. And I remember, I mean – him going down there. And, and that's when we kind of like started to, to work on a couple things that um that we kind of thought he needed to work on. And, you know, I, I remember getting videos from my Kate at like 1 a.m. in this like <laughs> host family's room. Like, were you in the attic at that point?
2: Uh yeah it was like an upstairs loft kind of thing because yeah,
3: i remember like seeing the video and it's like a triangle like you couldn't even walk to like the edge of the room cuz i mean i, I was surprised you even fit in it being as-, as tall as you are but like seeing videos of him like hey is this good is this good or whatever but yeah tell us more about like you know cuz that's another thing that people don't understand about when you get into college baseball, there is no off-season anymore. I mean, you're playing well, no. a, a crazy fall ball schedule, right? Like, you know, in the wintertime, it's all about getting ready for, you know, the spring, the spring. Season, <laughs> And then you play the spring, and then your coach ships you off to a summer baseball team where you're going to throw another, you know, dozen games or so, like, during the summer. And then you're back at it in the fall. Some of these leagues even extend into, you know, some of, like, when school starts. So, well, the- I could believe
1: that. I mean, and if you're in Phoenix, man, you're playing – you're playing anytime that you could get your hand on a baseball.
3: Yeah, so realistic. Oh, yeah. Cade's probably like until like this off season, Cade. You probably took no time off in throwing for yeah. right about two or three years. It was it was nonstop. I mean, yeah. like going. Tell us a little bit about like the Savannah Bananas and, and summer baseball and, and what that looks like though.
2: Yeah, but I mean, they're a whole show, and I don't even know what to what to say about them. Uh, but, so, the, the weights co- coach, infield coach at South Mountain uh, is the head coach for the Savannah Bananas. And, uh, you know, with the, the season and me being a pitcher, I was just the Sunday guy that year for Nebraska. You know, you, as a pitcher, you throw a certain amount of innings. You know, it, summer ball is starts to kind of, like, fade away. You know, you don't really see that being a, a thing. But with COVID happening – um you know obviously i wanted to to pitch and, and having a season was um something that me and coach Christie at nebraska like we had some things we were working on and, and that was a perfect opportunity to for me to go down and um see if the the stuff i've been working with him and, and brian and uh, at the facility if they truly have been working in games and we've we did play a live ab's and simulated games but it's somewhat different when you actually go out into a real game and um pitch to batters on a field and all that but yeah so uh Tyler Gillum is so he's the strength coach at South and he's also the head coach at Spanish so I I hit him up I was like hey um I know you reached had reached out to me earlier about um possibly playing uh, is that spot still open he said yeah abso- absolutely um well I, I didn't know if I fully expected that I knew what I was getting into at that time um, <laughs> doesn't sound like you did <laughs> I mean you gotta kill man
1: yeah I'll tell yeah. you though
3: like you know watching Cade like throughout the years I mean that was probably the turning point in his career though like I mean yeah you pitched phenomenal that summer um and, and I really feel like that's when you started to figure out some things and you know and and you took that into fall in Nebraska and it really went from I mean, you, you had a, a little like an average 2020 season. Can we probably agree with that at Nebraska? I mean, you, yeah, you giving
2: some... up the long ball was definitely something that happened a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: well, I mean, you played pitch against some pretty good competition. Yeah. It was like Arizona yeah. State, like, uh, what was his name? Arizona. Yeah, yeah Arizona. I mean, um...
2: Torkelson at Arizona State. <laughs> yeah.
1: If you remember the name, that that's when you know it's a it's a damage in your mind. Like you're yeah. like, please let me see you at the next level, please.
3: Okay, it's a different player now. I'd like to see that rematch maybe someday. But,
2: um, yeah, you know. I mean, when when I'm 19 years old and the number one overall draft pick hits an opposite field tank 420 <laughs> feet, and you see yourself on MOV Network on draft night, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Something Look at this at. ball
1: go, going, going, gone. Yeah. Who's the pitcher? Don't worry know, they, about it. It <laughs> doesn't ne- matter. They
2: never, they never did show the sh- me striking him out in the first inning, though.
1: Okay. See, you got that <laughs> one. And, and See, you know, it's funny exactly. that you
0: say this. That's so censorship right there.
1: I think there's something that kids and people will not realize. When you have that saying, always bet on yourself, What what is a social life for someone that is doing what you're doing? Did because you always bet on yourself – it's pretty much you're looking in that mirror every day. You know that, yes, it is great to have a girlfriend, a wife, whatever, but it does put a little bit harder to get to that goal.
3: The wrong girl will ruin a baseball
2: career. Don't forget that. (laughs) 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 Yeah, it's, you know, there's definitely been a lot of things that I could have done, um, that I probably have like missed out on. Um, you know, there's there's always going and hanging out and doing something with a group of friends, or, or doing going off on a vacation, or, or this and that. Um, which at the same time is probably a good thing. Not only that, not doing it, not only helping with baseball, but I feel like it's also a good life thing, I guess I could say, um, in in trying to mature myself at a younger age. Um, trying to mature and act like I'm older than I am, because um, you know there's there's always time to go out and party and um, to you know go go to bars and drink with friends and, and do all this. But uh, at the same time, is is it taking away from you know what I want to do? And ultimately, the more time I I have to focus on my what I want to be good at. Um, the the chances of me getting better are going to be, and you know I've seen plenty. There's been plenty of times where a guy goes out, and and I mean you never know what's going to happen in the night, and you know uh, your career can be ruined with the snap of a finger, especially with um, stuff nowadays. I mean you never know what's happen.
3: Well, it's it's incredible. Like you know, Cade's used our facility, so I I get to watch him train quite a bit, and. You know, there's there's a ton of times you see Cade like, you know, I, I know he'll go golfing and do that, and then, you know, he'll miss like when all the other college students come in. And then you'll pop back in the facility at like 9, 10 at night. And he's like, I gotta get my lifting in. Yeah. You know, it's it any other like most most other people are like, eh, I'll just skip this. I'll thing. do it today. I'll do yeah. it tomorrow yeah. or something, you know? But like that dedication that, you know, in, in all aspects of his life. Um, and making sure he gets his stuff done and and still has fun in the meantime and it's it's a common thing you see in these these really good players,
1: yeah and I guess you know how did this you know now that we get back to Nebraska becoming the Friday day number one tone setter for the weekend, what did that make you feel like did, did that put everything that you've worked into into perspective? obviously coming to Nebraska is one thing, and coming home. But when you get nodded as the uh, Friday day, what did that? What, what was that feeling like with knowing all the sacrifices and all the things that you did?
2: Oh, it was it was awesome, for sure. Um, you know, I had always, like, guys before me, like Kyle Kubot, uh, he was someone, when I was younger, he was the Friday night guy. He was the guy that, uh, you know, I had, he was a lefty, so he was obviously a guy I had looked at and been like, I want to, you know, I want to be like him someday. Uh, i had watched like Java chamberlain when he was at nebraska uh, another example dude made it to the big leagues and you know wearing a nebraska uniform from nebraska i want to be like that guy one day and uh, so i think you know even my first year i was the the sunday guy and uh, granted I'm, I'm new wasn't i was maybe topping out at 90 i had no business being the friday guy but being the sunday guy instead of the friday guy kind of lit a fire under my butt and, uh, drove me. And then, um, you know, when the season got canceled and I was working with Brian, that whole time I was there at, 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 uh, Wired, I had that fire under my butt that, you know, I want to come back and and be this Friday night guy. And, um, you know, when, when coach Christie and coach Bull had had told me, uh, that, that, that was, that's the position I was going to be in, uh, last year, you know, I was, Excited and, and fired up, and kind of knew that the stuff I had been working on has started to pay off.
3: It's kind of cool that he brings up all these, you know, big time Huskers because my, you know, now that I have an eight year old that's starting baseball, like, you know, my kid says he wants to be like K. Exactly. So it, it's kind of like full circle. It's, yes. it's pretty cool hearing about, like, you know, a college baseball player that's like, man, I want to be like these guys. I want to be like this guy. And now, like, you know, I mean, the, the coolest part about, being around the facility and having people like Cade around is like, you know, my kid gets to see all these kids. And, and you know, my, my kid said the same thing. Like, man, I would, I'd like to play at Nebraska like Cade or, or Mag, you know, and, and those guys kind of that, that he's seen grow up. See, and
1: I like that you're saying that because one of my questions is, is obviously for Nebraska you wore 33, but you represent the 22 because one of your favorites is Clayton Kershaw. Why – what made you choose 33.
2: Oh uh, it was given to me. That's just what they had given, so that's what my number was.
1: Now, when you get, I
2: actually, <laughs>
3: a, you don't get to choose. You a don't number. get to choose. Oh no. man, like, man,
2: no, you got, you got. <laughs> they give it, and I say, okay,
1: okay. You're like, uh, they I'll take it to me,
2: and, yeah, I, I said I'll take
1: it. And then now, is that is that the number uh, going with you uh, as you continue to the next step?
2: Um. Well, we just got our spring training jerseys, and I'm 31 actually right now for that. But um, is it the same process? You don't
1: get to choose.
2: Yeah, I mean, spring training, it's just they just give it to you. But I'm hoping (laughs) one day,
1: (laughs) one
3: day, hopefully,
2: hopefully, one day, the 22 makes its return.
3: Yeah, maybe that'll be a part of your contract someday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just hey, just remember what has happened before you. People have had to. Uh, I'll give you one of my checks so I can get that number, that jersey. At least I know it happened in football. I'm pretty sure it has happened in baseball.
2: Oh yeah, I've heard I've heard stories of that before.
1: <laughs> I mean, just a couple steak dinners, you know.
2: Yeah,
3: that's all it takes. <laughs> you know, like going going. Nothing, to spring, too much. Going to spring training though, like you know, it it's kind of unique in like situation because we really don't know when you know major league spring training is going to start. But you've been in. A, a, but I think it's a pretty good team where they had you show up in January. Tell us a little bit about like what you've been doing when you showed up and um, what you're working on down there with the twins now.
2: Yeah, I got here in about January 16th. Um, A bunch of us pitchers, uh, mostly from the draft. Uh, And and then there's a few um, that have been here the last couple of years. And we kind of went through a four week camp, uh, depending on, um, what you, I guess, specifically needed to work on. Um, that's how the groups were split up. Um, and so I was in uh, a Velo hybrid group, I guess is that's what they uh, classified it as. Um, and that's, I mean, it's basically what it sounds like. We've, did one day was was kind of a velo focused day. Um, the next day, at, or I guess the week, I should say, one one day in the week would be more of a velo focus and then there'd be a, a couple days mixed in there that were more of a, a pitch design, uh, command kind of focused day. Um, and then at the end of that camp, we got to kind of do a little live at bat, where it's just 12 fastballs, but to hitters and see what numbers we could put up get some adrenaline and um i mean and then now it's kind of we're more of a a build-up uh preparing for the season um bullpen at the beginning of the week and and then live at bats um at the end of the week well
1: and and here's a good question um what are the main changes or things that you've been working on since turning pro?
2: Number one, I think would, would be hitting the weights and, um, you know, adding weight to and, and good mass. Uh, and then the second thing is just moving better. Um, you know, you, you start with kind of a, a focus on certain mechanics and, then, um, I guess once everything kind of, is more fluent. There's a lot of very small like nitpicky things that are, are more focused on it and looked at at a, I guess, finer detail um, than more of a broad statement.
1: Are you one that learns off of, so obviously there's a few things, mechanics that Brian might've pointed your way and then you get to where you're at and they kind of change a little bit. How do you adjust to different teaching styles to try to get you to get better at the craft that you've been working on for so long?
2: Um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. Like there, I'm kind of a guy that, you know, if if someone wants to change something about, uh, like something that's been working, you know, I always want to know the why, um, you know, if, if someone says, hey, I think we should, um, you know, have you, instead of going sidearm, go, I mean, I don't throw sidearm, but no. hypothetically go sidearm to more over the top. It's like, okay, wh- why, what, like, what's this going to do to help me and, and better me? Um, and, you know, if they have a logical reason, which, you know, being down here, I've learned it's everything's a lot more advanced, um, but for the most part, they're not going to change, change the I guess, trying to figure out how to explain it. They're, they're not, change, they're like, not the reinventing world. the will
1: of you. They're not They're, right. they're not reinventing yeah. the will, but they are going to tell you maybe one... They're going to try and build on it. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, I guess, you know, one thing we didn't even ask is, uh, you know, back on that day in 2021 and you were announced that you were drafted, can you kind of go through that process? I mean it's a rare few that get that selection and and what did the process
0: feel like?
2: Man, uh, it honestly wasn't exactly how I expected, um, the process to be, you know, it started in the fall. Um, actually probably started in the summer. Um, when I was in Savannah, filling out questionnaires, um, surveys and stuff like that. And then in the fall, it started with zoom calls, lots of zoom calls with, with teams. Um, and then it went to questionnaires and zoom calls. And, uh, you know, like uh, with the Dodgers, for example, I, I had zoom calls with um, a cross checker. And then I also had zoom calls with like their psychiatrist and, um, you know, yeah, like it was getting deep with them. And uh, now do you do these
1: zoom calls all by yourself or do you have even someone to help represent yourself? So you don't get caught in a position or anything that, that that's new to you. Cause obviously the last thing you probably thought you were going to do is talk to a psychiatrist of how to play the game that you've been playing for 12, 15 years.
2: Oh no, no, it was, it's just me. Um, I mean, for the most part, it's, kind of them trying to just figure out who you are, um, mainly as a person, um, you know, there's some baseball talk, but not as much as you would really expect that, I guess on the baseball side, it's, it's kind of, you know, what, what are you working on? Um, you know, what's your focus in the game? And then it's kind of almost like scouting for them that kind of, you know, who's the toughest batter that you've ever had to face, um, and kind of stuff like that. So it's not really as in depth as you know people might actually think it is.
3: Yeah, I mean people I, I don't think a lot of people understand how much work off the field it is to to, to work on your draft. I'm or, already and, and tired just hearing
1: everything that he had to go like <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love the story and it's amazing but thinking of like I mean you're 19 and 20 and like like you're not even you haven't experienced even going to buy your first liquor, but yet you're getting all the. You know, what I'm, I mean, you might have. I don't know the ages wherever you went, but for the most part, you haven't. And so now you're down. You're down to this real life where someone wants to not only get to know you just like as a baseball person, but they're going to go off the grid, gonna pick it, you apart, and pick you apart, and try to find any psychology thing that they. But does this help you in the long run? Does this make you a stronger baseball player or even a person in general going through this process?
2: Uh, I think a little bit. Um, you know, I think you definitely learn to. You actually have to talk about yourself a little bit, and so you actually. End up learning some things uh, about yourself, whether it be physically or mentally, um, that you might not have known previously. Um, but, you know, it can definitely be on one side where it's, you know, deep stuff kind of like that, but then it can be very obnoxious questions that you never thought you would get asked.
3: And not only you, but I mean, they're reaching out to everyone else in his life. And his coaches, and they're asking the coaches the same thing. Like, wow. you know, I, not for Cade, but for another player, I had a, an organization call me. It's like, tell me why he wouldn't make it to, like, the major leagues. Like, you know, why why he failed. And, you know, you got to think about, like, man, I'm trying to help this kid. And, and you know, like, how can I answer this in, in a good way? And, and I mean, it's, it's crazy. They do so much research. You meet so many people. Um, it's a pretty crazy process.
2: I, I yeah, even... I think I think it's I think it's so weird because they have questions like 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 even like that. They I've even gotten asked that question. You know, um, like they ask, why don't you think if you don't make it, why don't you think you'll make it? And then, like I also got a, a question, a questionnaire that was, you know, do you put peanut butter in the fridge or do you not? And or well, do you put your who shopping cart away? peanut butter in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> not me. Not, not me. me.
0: Not. That's the Midwesterns. Do not. Do They've not. got two categories one psychopath and one is normal person. Psychopath puts their peanut butter in the fridge, normal, normal person, person doesn't. doesn't.
3: That's a hard no from the, an organization if you tell them that you put
0: peanut butter in the yeah. That would cross your name off the list. Absolutely not. This man cannot pitch for us.
1: So, what do you think during this whole time, and obviously, even going through like i don't think people understand the the single a the high single a like they think that you got drafted and you just got a spot on the twinkies and you and you're the man on the Twinkies. Can you explain where you're at on that process right this moment
2: oh man the the amount of times that I have been asked by you know people or I guess don't follow baseball as much as, um, you know, like we might. Is the, the question of so are you on the twins now or how's that work? And
0: they want tickets. To it. <laughs> oh,
2: yeah. But well, it, and then you get to explaining, you know, well, you see there's low A, there's high A, then there's double A and triple A, and then there's the majors and, and their responses. Yeah, I don't get it. It's like, yeah. Just tell them them to go play and
0: we'll be the show. They'll figure it out.
2: Yeah. It's like uh, (laughs) maybe in a few years. Maybe in a few years. Hopefully sooner. But I'm not there yet. There's levels to it.
1: And I I like the humble talk that you're having here. You could very easily go, nah, man, I'm the one. But you know that the work wasn't done. You knew that that getting drafted last year did not stop – the crazy, I mean, because Brian was telling us about how some players, I mean, it's two hours of lifting, two hours of throwing or hitting, and then two hours of even just meal prep. What does your meal prep look like for a week? Do you have to do it? Do you have a cook? I mean, if you have a cook, let me know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, so I actually, uh, the place I'm living right now, uh, is it's, I guess, it's in the spring training complex. So it's, it, we call it the academy. It's basically, um, like a dorm almost uh there's me and another guy who who room together in in what is basically a a dorm room um and then there's like there's a cafeteria breakfast we get breakfast lunch dinner um i mean there's fruit and salads and milk and some snacks and stuff and so um i mean they cook for us they got some snacks for us and um, so we don't really have to worry too much about that. Maybe once it gets in the season, if um, somewhere other than Florida, that might be something I have to focus more on. But right now it's pretty much just go in the cafeteria and grab a plate.
3: Yeah, hopefully it's not in Florida, huh?
2: <laughs> so that's, that's the hope.
3: <laughs> you know, one thing, Kay, that I always laugh, you know, uh, on the draft day, how your best friend ruined <laughs> – the the tv feed and we missed the actual announcement no way yeah
1: so so the announcement we had at the beginning of this you guys missed live yes oh oh, no what happened you gotta tell it i mean (laughs) if there's a story that people want to hear i mean this is like this is what i'm talking about this is where we get a little bit deeper we get to have some fun with it instead of like all these technical but it tells you that Even when you're expecting this moment to happen, things can go wrong. You want to go ahead and let us know how that went.
3: Well, it moves so fast. When I mean, basically, Cade gets a call. You know, they're like from his agent saying, "Hey, like the twins are going to take you." um, And and my parents
2: are yelling at me at this point. At who's calling me? (laughs)
3: Yeah, like (laughs) you know, the phone rings. We know it's an important call. You know, and then like. You know, dad, mom like needs to know the the who, when, what, you know, and then um and we don't even know, so we're trying to guess. It's it's an online feed, so we're like using a PlayStation or something to stream it, right? Yeah. Yeah, like we were using a yeah, PlayStation, PlayStation to stream it, and it you know, his 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 buddy basically like we're trying to get the volume turned up so we can hear everything. Hits the wrong button
1: on the PlayStation.
3: Oh, kills no. Kills the feed, and we don't even get to see the announcement oh, on TV. no.
1: Okay, so then tell – so I have – you know, I, I said it when I, when I talked to you before. I've met your dad because my son played for his brother's team uh, when he was younger. What was your dad's reaction to that part of it?
2: Yeah, well, so before his reaction, I mean, to make it worse, we finally get the PlayStation back on. I kind of stand up. I'm – smiling and clapping and I'm just looking around. We totally faked to the do. announcement.
3: Like we like rewinded, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause the, the all the, the news channels were there, the TV stations were there all recording, right? And like we had to get video and everything. So we <laughs> yes. just basically like faked the whole thing again. <laughs> like we saw it, you know, that's, I mean, cause you had to get that like draft announcement, you know, dude, that's, that's so, so awesome, right. you know, but I mean, at the yeah. day, like, dude, he, it, it was, it was no big deal. I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. Like, it's a funny moment. He got drafted, and, you know, although we missed it on the TV, it was, it this, was a pretty this, cool
1: experience. You got to remember, man, I DJ weddings. So, like, these are experiences we have. Like, when everybody wants Dude, the thing right? to go the perfect route, someone, like a first. baby yells or something, you're like, all right, there goes the mood. It's all over. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks for coming, everybody. But Thanks, I like Donnie that you're up.
0: turning off the PlayStation. <laughs> I like that you're standing there just clapping, smiling. Like everything's
2: great. You're like, all right. All oh, right. Yeah. It's a, good,
0: a good show for the camera here.
2: Well, yeah. Well, and then my dad and mom finally came over and hugged me and made it me feel less awkward about standing and clapping in the middle of a room. <laughs>
0: That's teamwork right that there. That is. That's, that's teamwork. That's, that's people that care. That's how you end up in the majors. Yes. Right? That's how you end up with a, with a major, major league organization is teamwork, and it starts at the household level. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, and speaking of that, just real quick, when it comes
1: to where you're at now, do you look at the people that you're working out with as competition or as people that are going to make you better?
2: A little bit of both. I think the competition aspect is, what makes you better. Um, and, it, and it, I don't even know if Brian knows this, but it's kind of a funny story how the, or it, I guess not, not necessarily a funny story, but it's kind of random, um, how the whole thing started. And I don't, Brian, do you, do you even know, um, like how I started going there and everything? I have no idea. Let's hear it. Yeah, so, so yeah, it was, we were back home Because of of quarantine and COVID, obviously, and um, I had nowhere to throw and couldn't go to school. And Kaden Evie, who I went to high school with at Bellevue, he was I think still at Bellevue West. um, He was going up to the old wired facility, um, and I was I was now is this the east one or or is this the
1: other one? Which one? there's there's the bread factory. Oh, the bread yep. factory. The bread
2: factory, yep.
1: Cade wanted to <laughs> so smell like yeast.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it did smell good in there. <laughs> um, no, but he, he was in his car, and I was asking. I, I told him, I texted him. I said, hey, I need a bro. Where are you up to? Um, he goes, well, I'm about to go to the facility right now. Do you want to come with? I, obviously, sure. Um, so he drove by my house. I followed him there because I had no idea where it was. Um, and if I would have put it in my address, I would have showed up and been like, it's a rotel. is what am I supposed to do here? Um, but I go in, play catch with him, and I think I was getting ready to throw a bullpen. Um, and as soon as I'm ready to start, Brian walks in. Um, I, I int- oh. We kind of introduce ourselves to each other for the first time. Uh, I think we both kind of knew of each other, but we never actually met in person. Um, and, and he goes, hey, I got some high school kids coming in, um, and there might have been one or two college guys uh, coming in for live at-bats if you want to stick around. I was like, sure, I have nothing better to do. I was going to throw a bullpen. I might as well. Um, so I, I threw then, uh, started coming up, and, and then uh, I, I – was throwing a little bit with Trey. Um, me and him didn't know each other as well or, or that much at the time. Um, but we were kind of throwing just because Evie had known Trey pretty well. So we were kind of all in the same group. And, um, you know, it just so happened that, you know, I was wanting to throw harder. Trey obviously wanted to throw harder, already threw harder than me. Um, and I think, Brian, you might have texted me and you said, hey, how about, um, what if you came up and, and worked with Trey and just so he had kind of someone to work with um, and compete with? And I think since then it's just kind of grown into this, I guess, college pro group that we're just going in and pushing See, each other I, and, and want to say get better.
1: The way you were about to word it, I thought he was going to go, well, it kind of turned into like this baseball guy, you know, brotherhood romance, but... <laughs> No, it's the whole group. I just, I just yeah. had to throw it out there. Like the way he like led up to it. I felt, yeah. I felt a little bit of like some love, some friend love, <laughs> nothing but
2: friends. Yeah, <laughs> <nah, I mean,
1: laughs> you know,
3: I love it though. The, the whole time was like crazy because, um, you know, I mean, that was like March, 2020, the whole world shut yeah. down. Oh and, yeah. You yeah. know, like Trey's kind of, you know, like my second kid I've coached him forever. Like, we're trying to get drafted that summer, yeah. you know, and, and now like all these people, we just, you know, probably met with like 20 teams, like, you know, over that off season that wanted to come watch him in the spring because he didn't have a bunch of reps. And, you know, then the whole world gets shut down and every facility shut down and we're like, screw it. We're gonna keep going. We're, we got to go. So you know, we had to like limit it. We we had ten people in our facility the whole yeah. time. We're masked up. Like I can't tell you how much sanitizer we went through. I mean, every every night, I got these little like you know the the things you spray the weeds with like yeah, yeah, gallon yeah. jugs. I'm walking around spraying everything like every night, and it's like, dude, we all had to make just some some crazy sacrifices that summer. But you know, we had a group of people
1: that that grinders. By the way, grinders. It I
3: mean you. There, there's two ways you could have came out of quarantine, right? You could have like said, Hey, I can't do anything and make excuses or like how many out. times does a college kid have four months to work with no my, games, with no games to focus on development. You know, that was a, a pretty crazy opportunity where a lot of people came out a lot better during quarantine that put in work and and Kate and Trey, they're like the perfect training partner because you know, Cade is a pitcher, man. He can pitch. He has multiple pitches. He
1: has By the pitches. sounds of it, a lot of pitches. Like, just wants to pitch. He, he doesn't care what he's doing tomorrow. He's pitching. He, yeah. He's throwing all the time. That's
3: <laughs> The hardest part about Cade is because Cade wants to throw, like, with high intent, like, every day. If there's a radar there, you better believe Cade is going to throw <laughs> to the radar and see how hard he can throw. You know, but, like, Cade and Trey work so well together because Cade's the pitcher and, and, and Trey is the thrower. You know, Trey yeah. can throw really, really hard, but you know, ultimately he only pitched like less than 50 innings through high school. So, you know, Cade was always chasing the velocity that Trey had. And I know Trey was always chasing, you know, the control, the the command and and, and like a great training like group. And it it, it really shows you that like the right training partner can really, really help you really help you a lot.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Well, you know, we appreciate you joining us for our first podcast. Uh, You know, I had a show, lost it last year. During this whole whole COVID thing and it is what it is, but you know, I I appreciate the time that you're taking out to join myself, Brian, and and our producer Nick over here and just share some stories that I hope that the younger kids just take a little listen and even parents, you know, get these messages out to parents because I know myself I got four kids and I've obviously learned a lot. My oldest is twenty one, youngest is fifteen, but the hardest thing is there is no book. There is no cover to go. This is how you get to what you want. Um, besides work ethic is, is one of the biggest things if you want to continue the craft that you're building.
2: Yeah, I I appreciate you guys having me on too. I mean, this was, I had a blast the last hour or so that we were talking. And to build <laughs> off what you just said, I mean, it seems like from what I've experienced and kind of seen from people who you know end up not making it or kind of just blowing it off people always think like oh it's just this straight line it's going to be super easy but I mean you could be the best player in the world it's there's always going to be ups and downs somewhere
1: well and let's put you out on this one let's get you out of here on who was your number one role model growing up that guided you to where you are
2: well I mean I think the the person or, or people, I guess, that um, I would say is, is, I mean, my parents, um, you know, they were not, ne- it was never them, for them, it was never, you're going to do baseball, we're throwing you in this, whether you like it or not, you know, I could have gone and played hockey, I mean, I can't skate very well, but I could have played hockey, <laughs> they, they, they would have been just fine with that, and, um, you know, they once I told them that I wanted baseball, you know, it is the full support. Granted, my dad probably paid for a lot of lessons for me to try and become a hitter, and, you know, that clearly didn't work out. But. <laughs> That's great. But, <laughs> that is great. <laughs> but, no, they both, they both, you know, it was whatever I wanted to do, they were going to, you know, figure out a way for me to to go to to games, uh, go to camps and and play for um, really good coaches and organizations. Um, And, you know, I'm not here without them, obviously. And, um, you know, I can only thank them so much. And, you know, my dad's going to probably call me after he hears this and say that I can thank him with finishing the basement. But... (laughs) (laughs) I, that's a talk for maybe maybe later.
3: I think there was something that your dad actually wanted to be asked, um, you to be asked on the last appearance he made. Right? Was it he wanted you to rank him on a, like a one to one hundred scale? I, I can't remember what it was.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's oh, said on a one to one hundred scale. How cool is your your dad?
3: Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and take care of that for him. Yeah, that let's said, get that <laughs> number.
2: What's that number, man? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, I have two different ways of taking it. So, I could say 22 out of 100, just because 22 it it was his number too. So it's kind of our number. Um, but I mean, he's obviously he's done so much for me, and um, I, there's I think no number high enough that is on that scale. Um, I mean, I there's I'm just so appreciative of everything he's done for me and. Um, he's a a huge reason I'm here as as well as my mom. And, um, you know, I love them both very much. Great answer.
0: Heck yeah.
1: Well, man, it's so hard, man, to cut these losses. But I say, if there's one thing that if, if I'm a Minnesota Twins fan, what am I getting out of Cade Povich?
2: Oh, you're getting a competitor. Um, whether that be, in baseball or on the mound or ping pong at the facility. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm going to try, I'm definitely going to try and win in everything. And, um, you know, I think you can, you can look at the numbers. Um, it, it doesn't matter what you look at. You can, you'll can you always see my drive and my um, compassionate to get better. And, um, you know, whether that be on the field or, or bettering myself as a per- person as well and in, um, in the community.
1: Well, okay. We greatly appreciate. I mean, we're kind of jealous of your weather, but we appreciate you joining myself, Kendall, Brian, and, and Nick, and and we're going to be rooting for you, man, from a distance. And uh, I mean, if we come up to Minnesota, we come up to Minnesota. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah.
0: The,
3: double A, what? Or uh, high A is in Cedar Rapids, and double A is yep. Minneapolis,
2: Wichita. Wichita, Wichita. That's right. Oh, so, just south. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
3: We we need to
2: make. And then you know, Triple A, Saint Paul. Okay.
3: I want to watch some baseball this summer. So let's go. I have
1: high hopes.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you again
1: and everybody, we appreciate anybody checking out this podcast. Uh it's just some guys having some fun with, with yeah. some real people and not trying to what I like about Kate is he's not sugarcoating it. He's letting you know you thought that you could just go <laughs> hang out and be this MLB player and hey, he's signed, he's the man. No, he's still working, man. And, hey, and yeah. it's a craft. And, <laughs> and and that that to me is what what makes this whole story even better is is you know where it started, you know where you're at, and you know where you want to be, and and that's something that not every kid could say that they started a long time ago. So,
2: yeah, thank y'all for having me on again. Um, you know, I'll try my best to push some of this nice warm weather up to Nebraska for you.
0: Just blow it real hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, well, you have a great night and thank you again. And we'll uh, be ready for the next show, see who we bring on.
2: Wired Access.